our story isn't over yet. And when I say our, I mean, you know, just the end of football program. Coach Fisher, his story isn't over yet. The staff, their story isn't over yet, man. Players, these players' stories isn't over yet, man. And, you know, although last night was beautiful, I mean, Saturday night was beautiful, and, you know, it was everything that we wanted it to be and more. We're still hungry for more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pot of Aggieland. This is your host, yours truly, Chase Lane, the number two in the field, number one in y'all's hearts. Man, I had a crazy, crazy weekend for the last weekend of the regular season in college football. Uh, you've seen upsets all around the field, you know, with different games. But uh, I think our game that lived up to the most hype was our W against the LSU Tigers down in Baton Rouge, beat them 38 to 23, number five in the country, you know, spoiled their homecoming, I feel like, and spoiled their chances to make a college football playoff. And, you know, I've talked about that so much, man, just throughout the year, just how we've been put in a position to, you know, spoil a lot of teams' futures and, you know, spoil their success down the road. And I think we did just that. And, you know, and also I've talked about it throughout the year, just having a game where we just connected in all three phases, all three phases at one time, and, you know, just playing a consistent, good, fundamentally sound game for four quarters. And um, I think we did just that. And I cannot wait to unpack all of those things. So let's get right into it, man. So uh, how was the week of practice? Um it was a normal week of practice, honestly. I don't think it was anything crazy. Honestly, I, I do think that we have actually had um, better weeks of practice prior to LSU week. So I, I don't believe that LSU was our, our best week of practice. And um, I do think that we kind of came out slow to start the week, honestly. I think just with it being Thanksgiving week and, you know, just not being able to see family members and not being able to, you know, just go home and just relax, Um we, 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 we were able to, you know, have dinners at our coaches' houses and we had some team meals and that was really good, you know, just fun and, you know, just being with everybody at once. But, you know, just not really being able to be in the Thanksgiving mood and the Thanksgiving uh, sense of mind. So I think that kind of hindered our, our practice habits this week. But other than that, I think it was a solid week. You know, we, we got our guys back. You know, Evan Stewart, he came back and uh, he practiced this week. And, you know, we got Vaughn back. Um, I, I started practicing again this week. So, uh, yeah, um, I think what really helped us towards the, the latter part of the week was Coach Fisher just really started harping on that this is going to be the last time that this team in particular will play a game together. Like, because, you know, you're always going to have people, you know, to try to go pro. People might try to transfer out. You know, people are just graduating, things of that nature. So, I think we really started to understand towards the later part of the week, just, Hey, this is the last time we will ever get to play together. And it would be a shame if we didn't just come together for one last game, man. And, you know, I think we did just that. And I've always said it on paper, we have the roster and we have the, the depth to compete with any team in the country. And, at times we, we did compete and at times we, and we didn't compete. So I feel like it was really important to everybody, not just just older guys, but, you know, guys in the middle, younger guys, you know, staff, position coaches, everybody. I think we were just so committed to, you know, just putting it together the right way for one last game. And man, it, it came to fruition and it was beautiful. So 
uh, let's, let's break it down, man. So where does yesterday rank for home game memories from my time here at A&M? This game, of course, Alabama game from 2021, Florida game of 2020. Those are probably the the best moments I've been a part of in my home games at A&M. But honestly, this, this game has to rank number one. We face so much adversity and ups and downs for us to end it like that on a high note going into the offseason. It was it was almost a storybook finish for us. So Alexis Knox and the Hudson team are helping the people of the Bryan College Station area and Austin to find their dream homes and to create these same amazing home memories for themselves. The Hudson team is the number one Zilla ranked team in the Bryan College Station area based on sales volumes and the number of transactions done each year. All members of the team are former students of Texas A&M, including our friend Alexis Knox. Alexis is a broker associate and a realtor with over five years of experience. She and her team love helping Aggies find their dream homes and are with you every step of the way throughout the process. We all know the importance of a good home in college football, and us Aggies have one of the best. So if you're in the Bryan College Station area or Austin, contact them at 281-745-0010. That's 281-745-0010. You can also find Alexis at Alexis Knox Realtor on all social media platforms on her website at alessisnoxre.com. Starting off, first quarter, you know, the guy, Devon A-Chain, touchdown goes up 7-0. Man, let me just say this before I go any further, man. I know that our offensive line has has caught a lot of negative attention, and, you know, with just everything that they've been hearing just from week to week, you know, the social media, you know, just people just who, you know, watch college football for them to respond the way they did against a front seven as physical and talented as LSU's front seven, man, that is just so, that, that is just so remarkable on their parts. And, you know, a lot of, if you, if, if I'm being honest, a lot of people didn't have our O line um, over their D line and for Vaughn to rush for, um, get 38 carries, 215 yards, and two touchdowns to put him over the 1,000-yard mark in the first time in his career, man, that was just uh, just brilliant and just excellent play on their on their end, man. And, you know, a lot of those guys are young, so a lot of those guys will be returning back. And I can just see, you know, I, I, I kind of look at them similar to back in 2020 when we won the Orange Bowl and how solid our old line was, you know, with Jared Hawker, Carson Green, Keen Green, and, and those guys, uh, Ryan McCullum, and just the jump they made from year 2019 to year 2020. Because in year 2019, people were kind of saying the similar things that um, they were saying about our current O-line now. But the jump they made to 2020 was just so remarkable. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, he had 1,000 yards. Kellen Mond only got sacked like two or three times that whole season in the all-SEC schedule, to say the least. So um, I'm really, really, really looking forward to the jump and the growth that these, that those guys, excuse me, will be making into the year 2023. So um, going forward, I know I got kind of sidetracked. LSU, you know, they got the, they got the ball back. They they tied at 7-7. Seven, seven, seven. Um, but let me just say this also. I never really thought – that LSU was going to be able to compete with us. Just for some reason, there, there might have been something in the air, but I think the first drive tells so much about how a game's going to play. And I was telling people, I was telling my friends back home, I was telling my family members, I was like, look, like when they would ask me, like, hey, you, you guys, you, you guys, you got a chance? Like the number five, like you got a chance? And I was like, man, look, 
if we can establish the run, we will win this game. As simple as that. If, if we are able to establish a run game, we'll win this game. Because let me break it down. When you're, when you're able to establish a run game, it just creates positive yardage and positive gains. You feel me? So instead of it being third down and, and you know, you're third and nine, third and 10, third and 11, third and 12, you have to call these pass places where you know the, 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 where the defense is going to be sitting at the sticks. When you are able to establish a, a consistent run game on like first and second down, you get into those third and mediums, third and shorts, and they're easy to convert. And um, Coach Fisher always harps on, you know, just staying ahead of the sticks, staying ahead of the sticks. So when you're able to establish that run game, uh, it keeps the defense honest. And, you know, when they, and then when they do pack the box and they do try to defend the run, that's where your nakeds come out and that's where your shots down the field come down. So um, the first drive was extremely telling for me, and I think it just gave us a, a, just a huge confidence boost because for us to march the field like we did and, you know, just – and come out with seven points. We were like, look, man, like they can't mess with us. They, they can't play with us. Like who, I don't care about the record. Like we don't care about the record. We don't care about the ranking. Like, look, but they can't play with us. And we in Kyle field with the 12th man, like we can get the job done. So moving forward, second quarter, you know, we trade field goals, uh, scores 10 to 10. We end the quarter. We had some huge runs by Devon the chain. And, you know, Donovan Green comes back with a big touchdown to put us up 17-10. So, um, man, that play is so – anybody can score on that play that we called. So how it is is Noah Thomas, he comes in motion, like a hot, fast motion, full speed into the flats. And usually he's the first read. So if no one covers Noah, Connor is throwing it to Noah in the end zone for six. And then on Noah's side, you have Moose. And then on the opposite side, you have Evan Stewart. And they're basically running like crossing routes. And usually how those are supposed to work, they're picking each other's defenders and they're running towards the back pylon like that. And so whoever usually pops open, that's the second option. But then the third option is Donovan Green. And he kind of sells block like he's helping in protection, but then he shoots out to the opposite flat of where Noah came from. And so, you know, Connor, you know, just showing excellent poise in the pocket, you know, he just, you can see him, he was backpedaling, 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 and he was just trying to, you know, just to have somebody come up and then, you know, Donovan Green popped up at the last second and he delivered a beautiful ball, man. And, you know, uh, a big touchdown to make us go 17-10. So um, it, it's always a, a reassuring feeling when your quarterback is able to, you know, execute and make plays under pressure. And, you know, like I said, um, a pressure as dominant as LSU's front seven. And for us to, you know, come out with seven points again was a, a huge, tremendous boost going into halftime. And so, you know, uh, Coach Fisher always says it, man. Like, we always kick the ball off to start the game if we can because you want to get those points at the end of the half, and then that gives you opportunity to go up two, two scores when you come out in halftime, and you can score again and you put them behind the even bigger eight ball. So um, in the locker room, at halftime, guys were not excited. Like, nobody was like, hey, yeah, let's go, yada, yada. Like, and this was also extremely telling for me, you know, just because we are a young team. But, like, everybody was even killed. The game is not won. There's no reason to be happy right now. Like, 
let's go. Like, no, no smiling, no giggling, no high-fiving, none of that. Like, we've got a game to win. Like, there's no playing around. And when I saw that from our team, man, I was just kind of like, oh, snap. Like, we done figured it out. And that was – and I didn't, even, I, I didn't even tell anybody this, but when I saw that, man, I was like, there's no way in hell that – they're going to beat us and we might beat them by double digits. So uh, I, I do think LSU underestimated us coming into this game. But um, like I've been saying the entire year on this show, man, that when we get it to click and when it does click, man, I don't think there's a team that can really play with us. And I can say that because look, LSU was number five on the brink of being in the playoff. So, um, yeah, man, when I saw that, man, and I saw that demeanor and I saw that 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 that, that killer mindset and that killer uh attitude, I was like, Oh yeah, it's raps for them. Like there there there's no way I know we're only up by seven, but there's no way they can they can get this game back. So we come out third quarter, they score a touchdown five minutes into the half. We we did come out kind of slow, and you know that has been an issue with us uh this season. I think we had like two, three and outs to start the third quarter. And, um, you know, Coach Trisher, I, I, he got, like, really – he was really, like, like, like we can't be doing this, yada, yada, yada. Like, we got we to gotta be better. Like, we got to snap out of it. Because it's just like, man, like, we've been here before, man, and, like, we, we didn't come this far to just come this far. You feel me? So, like, I think it was kind of just like a slap in the face to everybody, like, on the offensive side. Like, okay, like, okay, let's go, man. Like, we got to wake it up. Like, we got to get back in our groove, you know what I mean? Like – like we we can't let this one slip. Like yeah, we we've let seven we we've let seven other ones slip, man. But we we can't let this one slip. So you know we come back, big play by my dog, Damani Richardson, another touchdown. Kind of mad because he got more touchdowns than me on the damn season. But it's okay. We'll talk about that later. But Damani scoop and score to put us up 24-17, man, in the third quarter. Got the crowd back into the game. Got the momentum back in, in back on our side, man. And then at that point, I was like, like, let's go, man. Like, it was just a big, just, just, it was just such a relieving feeling, man. You know, that guy has been a leader on that defense for not only this season, but the past four years, uh, the past three years um, of his college career. So Damani is a guy to any NFL scout out there that, you know, just may come across this episode. Damani is a true, true competitor, man. He loves the game of football. He understands the game of football and he's got a killer mindset, man. And he, and he's, and he's coachable and he's willing to learn. So, um, that guy has, you know, made plays for us these last couple of years, game in and game out has, you know, he has all the toughness, all the effort, all the discipline, all the pride, all the great, you know, all the, all the intangibles that coach Fisher says you got to have to play this game, man. So, you know, just for him to have that moment in his, in his potentially last game in Kyle field, man, I know that meant a lot to him and his family. So, you know, just big shout out to my guy, you know, D rich being out there and making another play for us, man, and really propelling us to this victory. So, uh, next drive, unreal touchdown by my guy, Musin Muhammad Third. And I know we took a little break last week, and, you, and we didn't really uh, – we didn't – I didn't give you all an episode on Thanksgiving. 
because you know it's Thanksgiving. So um, I said on Monday's episode, I was like, look, man, Moose is so talented and it's so effortless for him that he's easily, he can easily be one of the best receivers in the nation. And I said that a little bit on last week's episode. I was like, man, look, like if y'all were able to come to practice and see the types of things he does in practice with, you know, just catching the ball, like those two catches that we saw from him, like were not like breathtaking because he does that on a routine, like a routine basis. I say that's a routine catch for Moose Muhammad. And, you know, coming from a football family, you know, his dad, Moose Muhammad Jr., you know, legendary. Carolina Panthers receiver back in the day played in Super Bowls, you know, just a receiver I grew up watching. Um, you know, he, he comes from that background and, you know, just it's really nice just seeing him become his own player and, you know, just go out there and just make it look so easy and, you know, just, um, just be, just being in the moment. Cause even when he scored, if you saw his face, he just was kind of like, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm that guy. So, Man, that that's just so crazy, man. And I'm not gonna lie, watching it on the big screen in slow mo and just how, first of all, the ball was immaculate. The ball couldn't have been in a better place. And Connor just let it rip, and he just fit it in that little pocket. And you know, just watching it in slow mo, Moose's arm, his right arm, is literally like being like strangled by the LSUDB and all he has is his left hand. And he didn't even like catch it in his palm. He caught it in his like fingertips and kind of just cuffed it in to his, his, his pocket. And then on top of that, the safety over the top is coming through and trying to knock the ball out. And so for Moose to have the concentration and the hand-eye coordination to have his right arm strangled, bring it in with his left fingertips, right? And then tuck it away and then kind of move it so the guy can't punch it out, man, like, you can't coach that. Like, you you cannot coach that, man. And, like, he's a ball player, man, and, you know, just Moose is going to be a name to be reckoned with going into next season, for real, for real. Because everyone on the sideline was like, okay, that might be, like, the greatest catch he's ever made. But then on the same exact play later in the game, where it looks like it should be an incompletion or an interception, he literally goes over the dude's head with one hand again and beat and to be mindful, he, he is right-handed in doing these things with his left hand, by the way, he's bringing it over with his left hand over the guy's head, brings it back. And it's almost going to truck the guy and stay on his feet to stay on, the, on his feet for six. So man, you know, Moose, you know, we talked to him and, you know, Moose is my guy. And I just be telling him, man, I'm like, look, bro, like if you can just, do that this every day. And if you can just, you know, just stay consistent as you are, like no one's going to mess with you, bro. Like when Moose got here, I was saying that probably he's probably the most physically gifted receiver in our room. Like I said that when he first got here in 2020. So um, to just see him have the success he's had this year, man. And, you know, I know we missed him in the Auburn game and, you know, it's kind of just been up and down with everything, but man, just for him to just go out with a bang, you know, five catches, 94 yards and, and one touchdown, man. Those those are really good numbers against a really good football team. So, um, you know, big ups and big, big, big respects to my guy, Moose Muhammad, man. And, you know, just uh, keep grinding, bro. If you listen to this, bro, just keep going, man. Just keep going because there's no limit to where you can take it. So moving forward, 
Devon, he scores again, gets his second touchdown of the night, um, goes up 38 to 17. It seems like it's time to celebrate in College Station, man. And and let me also talk about Vaughn for a little bit. You know, I've I've read some things about Vaughn. You know, people are trying to say, oh, you can't use him as an every down back. Um, he's down first um first guy who comes to the ball uh, who makes contact he's down he can't he can't uh squeeze out extra yards man look Devon the chain ran like he was Derrick Henry last night pulling and dragging guys for them extra three to four yards man and and just you know just trying to get to the end zone and it was kind of funny I told him I was like you're not going he needed 113 yards to um get over a thousand yards for um the first time in his career and I told him I was like you're not gonna do it like you're not gonna get it so I don't know if that was any added motivation, but man, that boy was running that ball like like his life depended on it. And you know, just for a scout that if this could potentially be uh that could have potentially been Devonta Chain's um last game in the A and M uniform. And you know, just to any scout who who's listening to this, trying to think of what they're gonna get from a guy like Devonta Chain, man, look, a true baller, a true football player who makes everything look easy and just it's it's just at that man he he loves the game of football as well like there's not anything that he can't do cuz he can go out at receiver he can run routes he can he can catch the ball he can you know any time the runs every down back man that's a guy who can do it all literally can literally do it all and he showed that time and time again this year and he has you know just been a He's been a, a safe haven for us this season, man. And so for him to have the night like he did, I arguably think that that was probably his best game since he's been at AM. And, you know, just to do it in that fashion and, you know, just to do it the way he did and just with everything, how this season's been going, you know, just with him and, you know, the O line and everything. For them to click together last night, it was truly special to see. And I think everybody felt that in the stadium last night. So another big, big ups to my guy, Devonta Chain, man. You know, that was that was some some uh some insight on the offense uh, the offense side of the ball, but you know, moving on to the defense, I said that if we were able to neutralize our run game and if we were able to neutralize and contain the QB run that I thought that we were gonna be successful in this game defensively. Um I think our defense did just that. I think they put a lot of pressure on Jaden Daniels and I think we forced him to use his arm more than he would have liked. And even though he did have, you know, a couple of runs that may have busted here and there, um, I think I think we fit gaps right. I think our linebackers fit gaps right. Um, our DBs, man, they're locked down. Uh, like I think I read somewhere that we have like the top three like passing defense in the country. So you know, Jay Jones, Antonio Johnson, Damani Richardson, Bryce Anderson, Jordan Gilbert, Jared Kerr, uh, anybody who who plays DB for us, man, you know, they came out there and they locked stuff down and. You know, that you can just tell that, especially when Damani scored, that we were just playing with supreme confidence in ourselves on, on both sides of the ball. And, um, you know, our defense, man, you know, they they held the number five team to um, 23 points. And um, that, that's saying a lot. And, you know, they've, they've been able to neutralize a lot of defense, a, a lot of offenses, offenses, excuse me, this season. And, um, you know, they, they've had our back tremendously for, for to us to, you know, just return the favor and, you know, put some points on the board for them. I think it meant a lot for, for both, for, for both sides of the ball. So, um, man, so 
just circling everything back. Finished the year five and seven. Two wins in the SEC, man. Um, you've heard it from anybody on this team that, you know, this wasn't the way that we envisioned the year going. And, you know, I've kind of um, been able to, you know, give the player perspective from from uh, this season, man. But um, for us to rally together, you know, just for the seniors who are on their way out and, you know, just for this team to play together for the last time, it was kind of like our national championship, honestly. And I know that it sounds like a, like a, like a consolation prize. And it may, it may sound like, Oh dang, like they're not making the bowl game, man. Like forget all that, bro. Like for me and for a lot of guys on this team, bro, this was like our national championship. And, you know, just to do it in our home stadium, you know, to have the fans rush the field, it just kind of felt like Alabama game last year, all over again, you know, just, and getting a chance, you know, just interact and interacting with, the fans, you know, in, in their most emotional states, in their most, you know, just highs of adrenaline, man, you know, just everybody was just happy. And, you know, the locker room afterwards, you know, those, those winning locker rooms after the dubs, man, they, they're so just refreshing. And, you know, they just make you so glad to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So, man, I just, from the bottom of my heart, just want to appreciate all the fans, man, who just stuck with it and stuck with us throughout this year of roller coaster and this and this year of turmoil and your you know just adversities, man. And um, I can truly sit here today and say that I do believe that our program is heading in the right direction. Um, you know, just everybody who's followed the part of Aggie Land, uh, we're not done yet. We we got a little bit more going on for this season in this off season, man, but. Um, you know, just for everybody who was just continue. I, it's funny. I had people coming up to me, uh, who, who's in the field. Oh, we love the podcast. We love the podcast. Can't wait to hear about it on the podcast. Yada, yada, yada. And you know, that feels good. Like when you, when you got your fans, you know, just supporting just everything you're doing on and off the field. So, you know, it, it meant a lot to, you know, just hear those words last night, man, but just everyone who's, you know, just, uh, consistently just showed support. And, you know, um, has just listened to the podcast. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate the hell out of it, honestly. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, honestly, man. And, you know, um, this, this isn't, our story isn't over yet. And, and when I say our, I mean, you know, just the end of football program. Coach Fisher, his story isn't over yet. The staff, their story isn't over yet, man. These players, these players' stories isn't over yet, man. And, you know, although, Last night was beautiful. I mean, Saturday night was beautiful, and, you know, it was everything that we wanted it to be and more. We're still hungry for more. And I think that's the biggest lesson and the biggest thing that you can take out of this weekend is that um, now we finally showed what we can be when we when we execute on all, on all cylinders. So going into this offseason, I know it's going to be a – it's going to be a long, long, tough offseason for us, no doubt if we want to fix the issues we have in terms of just execution and things of that nature. But um, I, I do think that next year will, will go different for us. And I, and I do think that um, A&M is going to be a program to be reckoned with going forward, no doubt. So, man, look, it was, it was fun. So I, I appreciate everybody, like I said, tuning in for another episode of the Pot of Aggie Land. Glad that I could, you know, come back and recap a win for you guys. 
you can kind of tell I'm in a lively mood at this moment right now. So, you know, just happy that we were able to go out there and get the job done. And, um, you know, that's it. We out. Peace.